Welcome to track number three of Jesus, Savior of the World. Let your shout be louder because our prophet is in the house. Our father is in the house. He has pastored us. He gathers us every year for MOTL. This year, what did not happen last year will happen this year. What never happened two years ago will happen now. With a shout and a hand clap, help me welcome Daddy, our bishop, to, to preach to us today. Let's pray for a moment. Father, we thank you for your goodness in gathering us in this time. Lead us into your perfect will. Help us to know one thing that you want us to be or do. Thank you that our lives are changed permanently for Jesus. We are grateful and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. You may be seated. You're all welcome. And um, you know the topic is Jesus. Savior of the world. That's what we are here about. So, I believe that what does it mean when we say Jesus is the Savior of the world? What does it mean for us? It means a lot. Amen. So, we start. We don't have basketball. We don't have tennis. We don't have table tennis. We have only, we don't have hockey. We have only the word. That's what we have here. Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus was come into the coasts of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Whom do men say that I am? What do people say? Who do people say I am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist. Some say Elias and others Jeremiah's or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood, has not 
revealed it unto thee by my Father which is in heaven. Amen. Matthew um, 13, uh, sorry, Matthew 16 and the next verse. Matthew 16 and verse 18. And I say unto thee, thou that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever Thou shalt bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven. Amen. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Amen. Now, you, you notice Jesus sitting down with his disciples, all right, and um, asking them, who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I am? So, one of the things you, 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 you'll see is that Jesus will be sitting down and asking you what are people saying about me? But not about me, but who do they say I am? Alright? Who do they who do they say I am? You know, so after preaching to the crowds And getting near to the end of his ministry, Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, which is way out uh, from Jerusalem. And then he, he sat down quietly with his disciples. And not, not to ask what bad stories are people saying about me? What are people plotting? And planning, you see, or what's the news in town? But who do they say I am? Who do they say I am? Because whom do you say I am is very, very important. How you see. Person determines many things. You get it? Yeah. And usually feelings are mutual. When you are angry with somebody, the person is usually also angry with you. When you are not happy with somebody, the person is also usually 
not happy with you. When you love somebody, the person also usually loves you. That's how feelings are. So when you think of someone very highly, amazingly, the person also thinks of you highly. So, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And then in verse 14, you realize that they gave high marks to Jesus, but not the right marks. They gave high marks to Jesus, but not the right marks. They they really promoted him. Some say you are John the Baptist. Of which Jesus has said there was no greater person born into this world than John the Baptist. So they gave him really high marks. Isn't it? Then some said he was Elijah, which is, you know, quite a serious uh, promotion. You know, one time uh, there was a pastor who was, you know, who knew me from a certain country whose name begins with one of the alphabets. And uh, he had just encountered the ministry, my ministry. So when he went back to his country, he was telling some pastors about what we, what, what, whatever we, we are doing here and so on. And so they asked him, so who, what, who is he like? They were asking about me. And they asked, is he, is he like T.D. Jakes? Is he like, um, they, were, they, they mentioned John Austin. Is he like, is that, and the guy said to me, he said, I was confused because None of the people, the people that they were mentioning, you are not, you are not like. Then he said that the only, then he told me the only person that I can say that he he reminds me of or is like is Paul. (laughs) 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 But that's quite a promotion. (laughs) No, not Pastor Paul. Apostle Paul in the Bible, the one in the Bible. <laughs> so that was quite a promotion. That's why I'm that's why I'm saying that when Jesus was when they asked, Who who are you like? And they started mentioning these big, big names from history. You get it? They were really giving Jesus high credentials, high marks. Very great person. He's this, he's that, he's this, he's that. Elijah. Wow. Do you know what Elijah did? Gathered 400 prophets of Baal and told them to call on their God. And the God who answers by fire is a God. Try that and see. Huh? 
So he tried, the people tried to call on God. It didn't work. Then he told them, look, maybe your God has gone to the toilet. No, they're serious. Maybe your God has gone to the toilet. In the King James, he said, maybe he's pursuing. Pursuing means to go to the toilet. Yes. Per adventure, he sleeps or he's pursuing or he's on a journey. And he must be awakened. Maybe he's talking to somebody. Wow. Hmm? So that's, that's a very high credential to give to Jesus. But it was wrong. So it shows that when you see someone, you know, we are talking about Jesus, but it, it, it helps in, in real life as we are here. When you see one highly, but not in the right way, you still miss um, something. Yes. And you don't get what you should get. I, I have many pastors who have respected me. I mean, if they travel and they come, they will, they will send me a message, we have arrived. When they are leaving, they will send a message, we are leaving. You get it? They, when they see me, they become quiet. That's a sign of respect. When, they, when I walk, no, they, they, they wouldn't stand up. They, I mean, many signs of respect, you see, but they, they miss who exactly I am to them. You see, and when you miss that, you will miss everything. Because respect if even a secular person comes in here who is important, we will show him respect. You don't have to be being spiritual. So showing respect, it's not, it's not spiritual per se. If the president comes here, we show him respect. By all means, show him respect. Anyway, anybody who comes, whatever they are, whether even they are doing well or not, we will show respect. Yes. It is due, it's due them. They are, they are due. All right? So, missing exactly what a person is in the spirit is a tragedy. And I feel that many people miss exactly what a person is to you. So, some said he was Baptist, some said Elijah, some said Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Verse 15. And he said to them, now, what, they, what people think is not important. It's what you think that's important. Wow. So, everybody here may be happy. Because as we've come to this camp, some people have said, oh, wow. It's a funny man. Some say, oh, he's a happy man. Some say, oh, he's a preacher. Different ideas. But what matters to you is what you think. Yes. Not what somebody thinks. When I first started to listen to Kenneth Hagin, 
I gave the tapes because one of the things I do is that I often share. You know, in a certain sense, there are many things that are not secrets. I share them. It's like I like sharing things, especially in smaller groups. I share a lot of things. If I'm reading a book, you are likely to hear. If Jesus appears to me, you are likely to hear. Almost everything you are likely to hear. So I started to, I showed people Kenneth Hagin preaching. Many, many, many people show. But who was Kenneth Hagin to them? And who was Kenneth Hagin to me? See, that's where the difference is. So everybody may see him in a certain way, but it's you and it's personal. Yeah, it's very personal. Even a husband and a wife, they cannot, uh, husband and a wife don't have the same, um, you, are, you are different human beings. Your husband may see someone as very great. A wife may see the person as handsome. It's possible. Yeah. But it's like, that is, that is just the reality. Because husband and wife are different individuals. It's, it's, they, are not, they are not Siamese twins. It's difficult to be a Siamese twin. Siamese twins means you are joined. Everything, you do it at the same time. If you want to eat, you eat together. If you want to go to the toilet, one feels like going to the toilet, both are going. Yes. If you want to go to a party, both are going. If you want to dance, both must dance. And it, it's, it's, it is not easy to be a Siamese twin. And that's when people try in their marriages to convert their marriage to Siamization of marriage. It it brings a lot of unhappiness. I want you to like this person as much as I like this person. I want you to listen to this preaching as much as I listen to this preaching. I want you to go as much as I go to this place. I want you to do this, what I do. I want you to pray as much as I pray. I want you to be like this as much as I am like this. You see, that is the simization of your marriage. And that brings unhappiness. Yes. Because you will not be the same. From now till eternity, you will never be the same. Yes. So as soon as you start giving independence, independence, you start declaring independence <laughs> to, the, to your colonies. You get it. The happier you will start being. That's in freer. Yes. England had a lot of fighting. India was fighting them. Ghana was fighting. Every country was fighting them. Free us. We want to be, we want to, we have a right to manage or mismanage our own affairs. And in the end, they release us to mismanage our affairs. <laughs> and we are mismanaging up till today. If you want to see a good example of mismanagement, come to Africa and see the African leaders. They are master mismanagers. 
if you want an example, don't follow this. That is it. <laughs> Actually, to be a good leader, one of the things is to not follow African leaders. Wow. Most African leaders, I should say. Yes. That just not following them will make you a good leader. It's true. If you, if you just take it as a formula, what you do, I will not do that. You are likely to, to do well and to become rich. Because their leadership style creates poverty. Yes. It creates decrease. Poverty. Difficulty for everybody under them. Yes. Ghana is worse off since we started to manage and mismanage our affairs. And each successive government makes it worse. Rarely can you say four years have passed and things have become better. No matter the name of... over, they'll say something popular, democratic, future. No matter the name of the party, it still gets worse. So if you want to be a good leader, it's just a side. This is on the side. So what you do, I will not do that. It's true. Back to the topic. What are we discussing? You've forgotten already. What the person is to you. But how did we get into all this? Siamization. Independence. You'll be happier when you release your colonies. <laughs> England has become richer. It's, I think, the fourth or the fifth richest country in the world. The whole world the fourth or the fifth richest country in the whole world. And we were declared highly indebted and poor nation of the world. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. Yes. So, happiness is not about Making us Siamese twins. And the Siamese Siamization is when you are trying to make me see Jesus the way you see Jesus. You see? So this is what happens. When, when, the, when the wife is stronger than the husband in terms of her love for God and the love for the ministry, she wants her husband to see the man of God as she sees him. He's not seeing that. (laughs) He's not seeing it the way you want him to see it. Yes. Or the husband is very spiritual and anointed. And he wants the wife to see things that way. But she's also not getting it in that way. She's happy to be around, but she's not seeing anointing and all those things so seriously as you are taking things so seriously. You know, I don't know where I was, but I think I was, I was in some country somewhere some years ago, and I watched uh, an interview on television from two Iranian Siamese twins. They were 18 or 19 years old. And they were going to have an operation 
because they were joined to the, by the liver. They were joined at the liver. So the two of them were sharing one liver. You understand? Everything else in their body was separate except the liver. And the, your liver is on the right side of your, your chest. Is it, is it correct? The right? Yeah, the right side. Yes. Art students will not know what that means. Art students, I'm not sure when you say right or left. But science students know the difference between right and left. Because it's very important for a science student. Because on the right is the liver and the left is the spleen. So if you go to the left side to operate, you realize it's, a, it's the wrong thing. So now they had one liver, which meant that they have one set of arteries and veins connecting from the heart and descending into the liver area and the liver was shared. And, and they had never separated uh, people like that before. Now they had grown up, they were two beautiful girls. Two beautiful girls. You see their hair, everything. And they interviewed them because they were about to undergo a surgery for about 18 hours to separate them. And the chances of survival were very small. The chances of survival were, I think, was less than 50%. So, and if the surgery worked, they would be separate. And if it didn't work, they would die. So they interviewed them on, on CNN or one of these NNs. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes. And they were interviewing them because uh, of this big operation they were going to do. And I remember that is the short part of the news I, was, I watched. And, they, and then they spoke and they said, it's not easy for us to do everything together. And that if it doesn't work, we know we will die. We are just 18 or 19, but we prefer to die. Yes. Than to carry on this way. Yes. If one wants to wee wee, you have to wee wee. And that the toilets are made for one. So if one sits down, the other one also sits down. Sort of suspend to wee wee. Yes. It's not a small thing. Every Everything, sleep, you sleep. And you see, this is what people try to do to their relationships and their marriages. Because even the way Peter saw Jesus was different from the way Thomas saw Jesus and was the way Judas saw Jesus and was the way everybody saw Jesus. Some even see him very high, but not as Jesus. So, Amongst pastors, you see it more with couples. Especially when you have a strong man as a head. And he wants, or I would say maybe strong and a little deceived about who, who is your spouse. That you want her to be you. My wife does not love Kenneth Hagin the way I do. At all. She doesn't dislike him at all. She admires him. I don't remember, I've not heard her listening to Kenneth Hagin. Yes. I've heard her listening to Derek Prince, to T.D. Jakes, to other people. 
I've not heard her listening to Kenneth Hagin. And most of my pastors have not heard anybody listening to Kenneth Hagin. So it may be great. But you, you can't force people to have the same feelings. Pray! Pray! Can't you see I'm praying? She's not, she's sleeping. She's sleeping. She's sleeping. You get it? She's sleeping. Yes, that is what she wants to do. She wants to sleep. So allow her to sleep. So that you, she'll be happy when she wakes up. Are you still around? Yes. Yeah. Allow her to sleep. She's sleeping. So you cannot make people have the same feeling. And so what you think is what's important. So, so God is bringing you here today so that you will have a certain estimation of who Jesus is. Yes. Of who Jesus is to you. Because although Jesus has saved the world, many people don't think so much of him. Is he worth giving your life to? Is he worth dying for? Is he worth working for? Is he worth spreading his message all over the world? All that for Jesus who died for you 2,000 years ago, whom we have not seen. But like Peter said, though we have not seen him, we love him. Yes. Though we have not seen him, we believe in him. Yes. So, it is very important that your estimation of Jesus becomes very high. And that's why our theme is Jesus, Savior of the world. Amen. Jesus, the Savior of the world. Hallelujah. He is the Savior of the world. Amen. (laughs) All right. Now, verse 16. And Simon Peter answered with the correct answer. Thou art Christ. Thou art Christ, the son of the living God. Wow. Now, what do you get for having the right answer? What changes when you see things in the right way? Okay. Verse 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. I think that your estimation of someone, you see, cannot be correct unless the Holy Spirit helps you to see what you are dealing with. Yes. Your estimation of someone cannot be right until Jesus, the Father, helps you to see who you are dealing with, who is this person. It's true. Yeah. You know, on Sunday we had a little drama. Maybe they should do it again for us. You know? They were talking about Jesus 
different people who had come to heaven. I was a, I was a little surprised the way they took on the thief on the cross who had come to heaven. They were telling him that he, he came by scholarship. He came to heaven by scholarship. On the first flight. Yes. And they were sort of despising him that he he is not a real whatever. But he told them I was here before you. I've been here longer. And I was comforting Jesus on the cross. I was showing him that his ministry was not in vain. That even me, I believe in you. Wow. And then they were were taking on King David. Somebody we love. We talk of the Psalms of David. They were were taking him on. We we hear that you killed your assistant. (laughs) And then you took the guy, his wife, when he died after the funeral. Wow. Amazing. So, we see these people as great people, but some people see these men as people with faults. Some of the greatest people that God wants to bless your life with have a lot of faults. But once you, you, what is dominant on your mind is the person's mistake. Which may not be a mistake even to God. Hmm? Now, I'm, I'm sure some of you, if you saw me drinking some beer, you may say, yeah, somebody already shouted, God forbid. <laughs> but you see, you may be making a mistake because the first miracle, like the first use of the anointing, you see, the first use of the anointing. That, yes, when anointing was put into action. Huh? Yes. The first time the anointing was put to use. You get it? It was put into use at a party where unbelievers were drinking and Buddha drank everything. And Jesus multiplied what they were drinking. And gave them more. Better than the one that it was like the wine or the beer or whatever was better than the one that they had been drinking. Yeah? So, it was not fruit juice. It was not um, non-alcoholic wine. Why, why was it non-alcoholic wine? Because non-alcoholic wine is something that is in today's world that we know the chemicals and how to remove C2H5OH. Yes. 
from the drink. Yes. Chemistry. Yes. To move it, extract it, or neutralize it. Yes. It's not that we know how to do it. And it's a process to have the wine and to remove the alcohol. Yes. So it was alcoholic wine. Fully. It was wine. Just what wine is. Before you start categorizing wine. Wine is wine. And that's the first time the power was used. Amazing, isn't it? We are really hypocrites. For in for sure, we are. Yes, for sure we are. Most of the things we have as traditions are all fake traditions of human creation. Yes, it's true. I don't drink beer. I don't drink wine and that. But I don't drink it. I've never drank it. I don't drink it. I've never drank it. So don't start and say, oh, he's trying to. Who who could that be? Check and see. Somebody. Are the guys who are sitting down at the back. All right. Please understand, I'm introducing the topic. I've not started talking about Jesus, the Savior of the world, but I want you to understand why. Amen. Sit down. When we close, we are going to bring chairs around here so that you, you are near, those at the back can be near. You can sit on the stairs too if you like. Now, Are you listening or you are leaving? Yeah. What I'm saying, are you there? Is that Jesus, who is somebody is, let God reveal to you who a person is. Otherwise, you may see the person through the eyes of man's judgment. And you say, David, the killer. The thief on the cross is a thief. But maybe the one thing that Jesus did, that he did for Jesus, when he told Jesus, you know, don't mind my friend on the other side. I believe in you. You see, you, you don't know the effect it had to do for Jesus on the cross. Yes, maybe that means the greatest encouragement, you see, for Jesus to give him a scholarship to come straight to heaven. Full scholarship. So you, you never know what somebody has done for God. Yes, that makes the person so special to God. Are you with me? And he said, flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my father in heaven. So let God show you. And when that revelation is given to you, it stays. No matter what the person is, seems to be, or is not, or is. That's the revelation you have. I remember after I believed in 
I, I, I saw Kenneth Hagin. My, my heart, do I, I, I'm not, all these are unconscious things. It's looking back that I describe it. When I looked at him, I was drawn. I was drawn. I'm still drawn. I'm still drawn. And by the way, in our library of the anointing, over there, you will see Kenneth Hagin is in there now. So make sure you go there. It's an awesome experience. That whole place. Yeah, it's an awesome experience. Yeah. Now, um, I was drawn to Kenneth Hagen, but with, without being aware, just, just like the person. Just, it's just amazing to you, what you say, just amazing. So, as I was drawn, you get it, that revelation of who the person is or was, was to me. Now, if you take John the Baptist, Jesus said about John the Baptist that there is no greater person. That's a revelation. Because if I analyze John the Baptist, I can't see how John the Baptist is the greatest. Well, I mean, I I don't know what he did. (laughs) You get it? I mean, the way he even died. He didn't die nicely. He died in a funny way. And even when he was being buried, you know, his head is here, his body is here. His dressing, where he was preaching, where his church was located, the food he was eating, and his message wasn't attractive. So I I, I can't see how he's the greatest amongst men. I don't see how he's greater than even Isaiah. Because Isaiah's message is so beautiful predicting the Messiah. I mean, to me, the greatest prophet in the Old Testament is Isaiah. I prefer, if you give me one, choose one book from the Old Testament, just one, I would choose Isaiah. I have enough in Isaiah from chapter 1 all the way to 62 or whatever. I'll be okay with just the, only that for the Old Testament. And Jesus quoted more from Isaiah than anybody else. Most of the things he quoted were from Isaiah. In Matthew and so on, you see all the quotations from Isaiah. And Paul also quoted a lot from Isaiah. So to me, Isaiah would be the greatest. But Jesus said the, the greatest is John the Baptist. So he sees him in a way. So God has to reveal to you the greatness of somebody. Otherwise, you you may not see how great he is. And until you see a person in a particular way, something that the person has for you will never be given to you. Yes. Now let's go on. Verse 18. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter. So, in this moment, he got a new name. In this moment, he got a new name. People peddle with names and play around with names. But names are prophetic things given. And a name 
can change your future. So instead of being called this and that, he was called Peter. So since you see me in this way, I see you as Peter. You get it? You see me like this, I see you as Peter. So that's why a name is from a person. A person gives a name. So those of you who are into naming yourselves, it it's, it's also has its role to name yourself. Like you may have a name that is not going, nobody's giving you a name. So look, now I've changed my name. You know, someone like Reverend Eastwood, you know, he, his, his name is not Eastwood. It, he, he used to watch Clint Eastwood and he liked the name. So he, he added it to his name. That's how he became Eastwood. Yeah. Yes. And I'm sure it's, 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 it sounds nice. Clint Eastwood is famous. He's also famous. <laughs> but since you see me as Christ, I see you as Peter. One, one draw. You score me one, I score you one. So, name given can also be a great spiritual event that ties you into a permanent relationship. Yes. From the one who gave you the name. And I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So now your, your, your destiny changes. You harden up and become something that can be used and something that can be worked with. I can work with you because you see me in the right way. If you are a girl and you see your pastor as someone who can be your boyfriend, or somebody who can be your husband, or whatever, then he cannot work well with you because of the way you see the person. You get what I'm saying? If you see the person as a potential lover, it's not so easy to relate with you when you are seeing the person as a potential lover of your life, my my boyfriend, are you with me? Yeah. Yes. So I, we can't do much with you, but now when you start to see in the right way, so I can do much with you. I will build my church with you. How you see. This is one of the biggest ministries in Ghana and in Africa and maybe even in the world. whether you want to accept it or not. That is the reality. Yes. When I even see um, West Lennon, this side, yeah, that's right. Sit down. When I see Clement, that's I even know is one of the biggest ministries in the world because he's in Zambia and in about six or seven cities of Zambia, we are building mighty cathedrals. Six or seven cities in Zambia. That alone can tell me that's one of the biggest ministries. 
simultaneously. We are building them simultaneously in another country. Yeah? That alone can tell me. Yeah? So, whether you like it or not, it's something great. And if you see things in the right way, then you can also be seen in the right way. Yes, by that thing that is great. I see you as very great, the Savior. I see you as somebody I can work with. Straight away. You are also, you, you, you see, feelings are mutual. I see you as very great. I see you as a rock. Mutual. I see you as nobody. You are also no, you are no, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are nobody. To the back. I see you as ordinary. You are also ordinary. That's all. One, one. Draw. I see you as a man. I see you as a man too. I see you as a colleague. I see you as a melancholic. You, you just see me as, a, you look at me and you assess my personality. And you see me as a personal. You know, one day I read, I, I read, it has, it has never left my mind. I read, uh, 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 I don't know where, one of these Christian news, whatever. And they were, of this type of funny writings. There are people who can write. Oh. Yeah. And they were writing about Rick Joyner. You know, Rick Joyner is somebody who has had visions and seen Paul has talked to Enoch, spoken to Elijah, a lot of people. Ah. You know, they, 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 they told Moses, were you not, they told these guys, I speak to Moses face to face. You are not afraid to criticize him. You are not afraid to criticize him. So, when this great person, I read, then they decided to describe him as a choleric, something describing his personality. And I realized that it was offensive to me. Because that's not, I don't see him as a personality type. <laughs> I see him as someone whose eyes are open. Yes. So, dear friend, you know, you see me as ordinary, you are ordinary too. I, see you, I also see you as ordinary. In fact, you remain ordinary. <laughs> you, see me as anoint, you see me as unanointed, I also see you as dry. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? You see me as great, I also see you as great. The feelings are mutual. The perception makes you qualified to have that same level. I see you as a temperamental choleric. You, you have about 15 personalities, isn't it? What, what is the name of that thing? Different personalities. Yeah, um, the, um, it's um, 
Myers-Briggs. How many types? About 16. 16 personalities. And which one did you give to me? <laughs> you see, don't mention that personality. <laughs> Sit down. He has re- seen and analyzed 16 types of personalities. We were at a crusade and he was giving me a test that I should test and see which type I am. Yes, what does the website say I am? So when you see me as a temperamental one out of 16, I also see you as you are nothing. You are also just a one out of 16 temperament. You are a temperament. You are just a temperament. One, one draw. You can't be used for much. Yes. Because once you put me in a temperamental bracket, each temperament has positives and negatives. So it means you have seen my negatives and you have registered them and signed your signature under that these are my negatives. Huh? You see me as a man, when I preach and I share certain things, I'll be saying certain things about ladies, women should do this, women should be like this and so on. So he's a man. You too, you are just a woman. <laughs> you are just a woman. You will never be anything higher than just a woman. Yes. It's true. I see you as Christ. I see you as Peter. That's all. The highest possible human that can ever work. You are the highest possible ever in the church from beginning to end. Yes, I see you are the highest possible from beginning to end. I see you as the highest possible from beginning to end. Jesus, I also see you as the highest possible from beginning to end of the church. There will never be another Peter. No matter how many apostles and you can say you are apostle, whatever. Charlie, you are not Peter. Peter may have denied Christ three times, but he's still Peter. Yeah. If you have denied Christ three times, but he's still Peter. Yes? What do you think? You see me as a Ghanaian, I see you as a Tanzanian. You are just a Tanzanian. Yes? And there's not much to a Ghanaian, and there's also not much to a Tanzanian. You are nothing as of from Tanzania and so what? Oh, who are we? When did you have independence? We had independence even before you. Yes. You see me as a black man, I also see you as a black man. You see me as a brown man, I see you as a black man. You see me as a white man, I see you as a black man. You've made me nothing. You've made me nothing and you also be nothing. Yes. It's, it's, that's how it is. Love is like that. I really love you. Me too. I also really love you. Yes. I really love you. I really, I really like you. I also really like you. It's mutual. Always. Yeah. How you see me. You see me as desirable. I also see you as desirable. You see me as ugly. You too, you are ugly. You are also ugly. Only I didn't say it. You are ugly. one one yeah it's 
you see me as you see me as ordinary. You are very ordinary too. You are average. You are very average. In fact, you are below average. So shine your eyes. I said what? Shine your eyes. And let your eyes see well. Yes. It's because you don't see Jesus as who he is. That's why you wouldn't want to work for him. There's no job like working for Jesus. I said there's no job like working for Jesus. There will never be a job like working for Jesus. You see him as Buddha or, I mean, a statue somewhere. Okay, you are also a statue. Your life is fixed and frozen. No advancement, no improvement. Your life is fixed. Yes, because you see Jesus as a, as a fixed, fixed, frozen statue. Okay, be also a statue. I see Jesus as real. Yes, he's real. You also have a real experience of him. Amen. Amen. So, that's the way to be, be given a high rank. Is to also start to see uh, something as it's supposed to be seen. So, if for instance I'm important to you, the way you see me, not as great. You see, greatness is not the right. Elijah, Jeremiah. No, it's the right way. Yes. That's why I said, I gave Kenneth taking tapes to everybody I knew. They, 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 no, they, don't, they don't see it that way. They say, oh, he's very great. I mean, thank God for his life. It's, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. Thank God for all the things that he did. <laughs> yeah. But the more you see things in the right way, you are getting ready. To also be seen as a very wonderful and great person. Amen. Now, sit down. Now, verse 19. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, how many want the keys? Our, our kingdom is a kingdom with keys, which means there are rooms and sectors, and you need keys in this kingdom. Welcome to the kingdom. There are rooms and there are keys. Yes. So, the more keys you have, the more areas of the kingdom you can enter into. There is a key to the anointing. There is a key to the room of a pastor. You may never, never have the room of a pastor till you have a key to being a pastor. There is a key to being an evangelist. I am also an evangelist. Evangelizing. I just came back from uh, Namibia. Yes. There is a key to being a prophet. And a teacher. I'm also a prophet and a teacher. I teach and a lot of the things are prophetic. I've seen enough visions to qualify me to be a prophet. I've seen enough visions and dreams to make me a prophet. 
But everybody will have dreams and visions because you have the Holy Spirit. I have seen enough to make me a prophet by any standards. Bring yours, I'll bring mine. <laughs> yes. There is a room of finances. You can be in the ministry but without money. Yes, you can be in the ministry but you not have money. Yes. It's another room. There's a room for building things. The room of a builder, the key to building. There's a key to lasting, to surviving, to carrying on. There are keys. There's a key to the anointing. Power. I spoke to an interpreter who interpreted for Benihim. And he said to me, for anointing, and power. He said, we'll be on the stage and the wind is blowing. A wind is blowing on the stage. Power. Power against power. And supernatural things are real. I remember a security that I had. Actually, he was a personal bodyguard to the president of some other countries and he has been for many people, including people like Tony Blair and others. He was standing on the stage. The power of God came and he somersaulted backwards. I think as he had been watching, he didn't know that there was something happening on the stage. <laughs> he was working as a security. Yeah. He somersaulted on the stage. And went into a series of convulsions. Oh, yes. Power. So there is a key to power. There are lots of keys. Now, when you see me as a wonderful person, and I also see you as a wonderful person, and I say, wow, baby. I love you, baby. And she also says, I like you too. Then what happens? I give you my key to my house. Isn't it? (laughs) Only be very nice to me. So you start giving keys to my room, keys to here, keys to my safe, keys to my cabinet, keys to my wardrobe, keys to my car. Keys to everything. Have all these keys because of how you see me. And I see you the way you see me. So the exchange of keys is very normal when you have a high estimation of one another. Now sometimes as people stay married and their estimation goes down. And they say, you know, can I have this key back please? And they start to take the keys back. Yes, and change the locks. (laughs) Give me the key of this back. Give me this key back. Give me this key back. Until, because your estimation, you see, familiarity breeds contempt. 
It's, it's not in the Bible, but it's true. Familiarity breeds contempt. Few people can maintain honor of a certain level. I, I, I really see you as a Christ, the Savior of the world. The Savior of my life. You girly girls, you know that you wouldn't have anybody to marry. You so many girls, not so many boys. True or not true? And here comes this Mr. Charming. He's the savior of your life. You know it. You know it. But you, you may not admit it. But he's the savior of your life. In truth. And you know, what reason can we give for somebody to marry you? That you are beautiful? When there is very little difference between you and the next one. Huh? You know there is very little difference. And somebody may be even nicer. As you are marrying, you know. As you are walking down the aisle. You know there's 200 on the left, 200 on the right. More qualified than you. Huh? More qualified. Nicer than you. And they've not been chosen. But you were chosen. Yeah. And now that you've been chosen, you are changing. Yo, you are not so great anymore. Oh, you are not so great anymore. Oh, you are not so whatever. Gradually. I'm not so great. Eh? You know something? I gave you some keys. Can you give me the room 16 and room 18 keys? And gradually the keys are taken from you. Yeah, because at first it was so great. You should see girls behaving before they get married. So gentle. He never seen a gentler lamb before. Even the lamb of God is even struggling to be up to your standard. But after all the lamb features are gone and you are left with something different. But that's not how it's going to be in first love. I said, that is not how it's going to be in the first love church. Beautiful. So keys, keys to the ministry. Keys to God. Keys to everything that you need. Keys to prosperity. Even keys to marriage. All those keys. There's a key to marrying. Let, let me tell you, every girl here, I'm prophesying to you, you listen to me, by the power and the grace, God will give you your partner. Yeah. Yes. God will give you your partner. And, and the keys are going to be distributed as we are going along. See that? Keys are going all over the place. Amen. Amen. Keys. Keys. Beautiful keys. Fantastic keys. Amazing keys for your life. Yes. And it will happen practically. 
I said it will happen practically. Because you will hear that he is good. Luke eleven fifty two. Luke eleven verse fifty two. What does it say? It says, Woe to you lawyers. You have taken away the key of knowledge. Knowledge is a key. One of the master keys to entering this door, the doors of your life, the doors of your ministry are keys to knowledge. So when you receive knowledge, yes, you started to receive a key. And remember, it's not about what you think it is. You know, I've had now more than one story of prostitutes being chosen by customers, clients to marry them. I like you. I love you. I want you. It's amazing. And so you ask yourself, what quality does the person have? What makes in one day you have 40 people and out of the 40, one of them wants to marry you. He's been in the queue. (laughs) But he likes you. Receive the ability to be liked. To be chosen. Something is working. Something interesting is working. Something amazing is working. So Jesus started to share keys when Peter had a high estimation of him. Then he also gave a high estimation. Yes. That's why in the first love church, we use the word prophet. Our prophet said. Why? Because it's to help you to see the prophetic part of all that we are, what is going on, so that you receive and learn more. Because see, a true prophet is seen in the things that have been fulfilled more than anything else. That's what the Bible says. So, God wants you to see the prophetic and to sort of not see this as counseling or advice but a lot of prophetic things mixed with the word do you see because when you read the bible you see you read isaiah many things then suddenly you see unto you a child is born unto you a son is given so wow then you continue reading you don't know what he's talking about in isaiah then suddenly you come and you see something by his stripes we are healed by his wounds, you know, you are by his stripes you are healed. Then you, you, you see, then you understand. Then you continue, you don't understand the rest. Then you come to another one and it makes sense again. That's how prophetic things are. It's mixed up with the things that are clear or not clear. And then suddenly there's something. So, learn, the more you learn to follow things, And the more you see it it, the way it should be seen, the better it is for you. Now, usually people benefit from people who are dead. When the person is dead, they say, wow, he was a great person. He was this actually. There's no need for that. Yes. 
if there's somebody around whom God is using, there's no need for the person to die before you. Well, you may also die for a long time. By the time he's done, you're also old. There are a lot of children, you know, when the God gives your father long life, you become old before he dies. And even when he gives you inheritance, you can't even use it because you are too old to enjoy it. Yes. A lot of people are like that. You, you are also old when your father is old. My mother is 80 years old. I'm also in my 50s. Yes, she's alive. I mean, Mugabe is 96 or 96 years old. He's there. I'm sure his children are in their 70s. <laughs> yes, it's, it's also it's old. Yes. I saw a picture of him in, uh, he's sitting in a chair. The latest picture of him. Yeah. Prince Charles and the Queen. Same idea. So, you need to know how to see things in the right way. Yes. And it is your personal revelation. No one can have the revelation that you have. Yes. And some will be close. Some will be far. Some, you may have only a handshake for the whole of your life. Some you may never have even a handshake. Some you may see from afar. Some you may be near. Some you may stay together. Some you may physically see. Some you may handle. You may hold. You may touch. You may eat with. Like the disciples. It's up to you. Each condition presents its challenge. When you are far, you can receive so without knowing natural things. And you can actually receive even more. When you are near, you can also see more things that somebody cannot see. And know things that people don't know. And it can make you even wilder like John. Every situation you are in has its advantage and has its disadvantages. If you are far, there are many things you also not know. Although you can have more electric faith. Because, because I, did, I, I, did, I, did, I never went to Kenneth Hagin's house. It was, it was during his funeral that his daughter said some things about him. That I never said, he, when he comes home, he sits in, front, in his chair with his big remote and puts on the television louder than any, nobody can do anything in the house because of he, Papa Hagin is there. And he puts on the television very loud. I said, we can't do anything. <laughs> because he's, he's just there watching television. He's sitting in his chair watching television. I never knew that about it. His granddaughter and his daughter said, we heard all the stories that you hear. We heard it also in church. He never told us anything in the house. He just sits there quietly. He said, we heard all the stories in church. <laughs> yes. But I don't know all those things. But if you are in the house, you may also have that and see something else. Yeah. You know, but you see, it depends. So whatever circumstance God gives you, you are supposed to take it up and flow with it. Are you with me? So God is bringing you to see things in the right way. And we are here so that we see Jesus in the right way. And I believe that when you see Jesus in the right way, I can't imagine why you will not say, ha, 
If this is Jesus, I need to be with him every day. I need to live my life for him. I need to serve him. Hallelujah. I need to follow him. I need to be with him. I need to, I need to do what he wants me to do. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet, everybody, for a moment. Lift your hands and ask the Lord to give you eyes to see. Father, thanks for the greatness of your word, your spirit, and your power. Thanks for the blessing of the mighty Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen.